0: My name is Clint Esposito. I did freestyle motocross for 16 years. During that time, I met some amazing people and had some wild adventures. This is crazy action sports story.
1: Probably couldn't believe that this guy was just walking away from from that crash. Like
0: that's what they went to see, Sean. You gave it the exact thing they wanted to see.
1: Yeah. That's they went to go see Carnage, and, and they you got didn't carnage. die.
0: Right on this episode of Crazy Action Sports Stories, we have one of my very good friends, Sean Connors. Sean and I met doing the ramp to ramp freestyle motocross tour for Feld. Um, there was nine riders on this tour. Basically, um, it was more of a mock freestyle motocross contest than a real contest. Ramp to ramp, concrete floors. But basically, the nine of us that were on that tour for the first probably two years, it was consistent. We all became really good friends. Sean was one of those guys. Um, so I have actually traveled the, the country and um, overseas. We He went to Oman with uh, very another good friend, Doug Kossi, and I. And we actually had to build wooden ramps over there. But um, anyway, Sean is an... Amazing rider and a lot of fun to be around so I hope you enjoy Sean's crazy action sports story So we are here with Sean Connors Sean you said that you got a little bit of a story for us. What's going on?
1: Yeah, Clint. Uh, thanks for reaching out. I'm excited to to Have the interview with the crazy ass the crazy action sports stories. It's pretty cool
0: And you actually have footage of this uh, incident. It's not just Uh, You telling
1: the story. Yeah, they're not just urban legends. I actually Now I've I'm so happy I did this but I was into like video editing and uh, Documenting a lot that we did uh, back in the day uh, Traveling around riding dirt bikes. So I have just hard drives full of YouTube or not YouTube uh, GoPro footage and pictures that I have saved so I was able to compile some some videos and some photos to kind of tell this story. So it's it's going to be. Should be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm ready to. I'm pumped about. About hearing it. Because I know. I've actually remember the footage. From the crash. At the show. When it happened. I remember you posting it up. So.
1: Yeah. And you know. I just told my wife. The other night. That. I've had people contact me. About that crash footage. And want to use it. And I never wanted to give it to them. So They could benefit from it but when you contacted me i was like man this is perfect it feels like this is the reason why i've been saving um this footage this whole time to be able to share with a friend to hopefully help out a project or just i feel like this is a great platform to share it so it's like it's perfect
0: awesome yeah well uh we're pumped to have you on all right let's hear uh what happened
1: okay so i'm actually going to take this story back one month in time to, to kind of vent everything out. So I believe it was December 17th, I actually looked it up because I have like the photos and the videos of when I uploaded it. So it's pretty cool. So December 17th, 2008, the, our crew, I mean, we had probably eight to 10 riders in Hard Rock down in Ocala, Florida, riding at Paul Smith's house um, and Jad Knox. They had a freestyle set up there and we were all training, you know, riding, they have a freestyle course. And they had some like big free free ride lines that we were riding. It was just a, a great place to ride a great ambiance. So like, I mean, our crew, I mean, if you're, if you're a rider, you understand what it is to ride with a good group of guys. And that's the vibe that we had. And I, We always talk about flipping, like there are some riders that were flipping and other ones that weren't And all the ones that weren't flipping were like, yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, I want to do it. Well, I was one of those guys. And I had done it in the past, but never off a ramp. And uh, Paul Smith had a nice mulch landing at Hard Rock off to the side that he had set up. And I was like, man, like this is a perfect opportunity to to flip. I wasn't on my freestyle motocross bike on that trip. I only took my, it was a 280 CRF.
0: Were you not riding shows while you were down there? What's that? Were you not riding shows while you were down there?
1: I was, but you know, I was stationed at a Durham town um, in Georgia, Union uh. Point, Georgia. So it was like four to six hour trip. So I mean, I don't remember the reason why I did it. I just, I know that I only had my two fifty F or two eighty down there at the time. And I think I was trying to like mess around with shows a little bit with it, but it was just it was just underpowered pig. <laughs> but um and soft suspension I had moto suspension on it. Anyway, I had the I had the the motivation to flip. And so I was like, I'm gonna flip tomorrow. I'm not drinking tonight, I'm not drinking, I'm just gonna go flip, I'm gonna do it like it's now and uh and I, it was like a Monday or a Tuesday. So standard issue, everybody went to the bar. And like we went to the gas station first, actually, to, to pregame, to get some pregame alcoholic beverages. And when we are in the gas station, Jason Rowe, Cody Cavanaugh, were like, Connors, what are you drinking? I was like, I'm not drinking. I'm flipping tomorrow. And they're like, we bet you this mini keg of Heineken that, or if you flip tomorrow, we'll get you this mini keg of Heineken. I said, okay, deal. So. I was the DD and we went to the bar, whatever, until like two, three in the morning, went back. I slept in a motor that night. And I just remember like focusing, like I'm going to flip, I'm going to flip. And then the next day, like I actually was able to, to rip a few off. Um, I think you, I sent you some links you can check out if you want to play the video now. So I followed Jack Rowe like for probably 15 minutes trying to get the nerve to do it. And then we finally, Right. I sent it you can see all the guys sitting up to the side like, you know, you know that vibe when everyone's just sitting there waiting for you to do something cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: was that The first one, do you know,
1: I don't think that was the first one. There's another view okay, of the first one That was probably the second one. I had only did four. So it's the first one There's probably that one and then there's another video with like two in a row so it was the third one and the fourth one i crashed and hit my head pretty good actually brody wilson's dad was there uh this might have been the first one right here there's rich kern standing off to the left he was getting ready to drive to connecticut i remember this day like it was yesterday yeah so that was the that was where you can see mickey wilson brody wilson's dad standing on top of the landing like everybody waiting it was cool. It was a good good vibe.
0: So that was your first day?
1: Yeah, that was my first flip ramp to dirt. Um, I had flipped other setups that were just like dirt to dirt and like off the backside of the landing, but that was the first ramp to dirt was that one. And I did a few more than I had, like a pretty decent crash on that same mulch pile right? racked my head a little bit. And I was like, okay, I'm done. I'm super pumped and enjoyed the rest of the day.
0: Uh, oh, no, this is nine seconds, this, isn't it?
1: It's a short clip. Oh, is it? Yep.
0: All right, so here we go. This is the... Uh, um... Oh, I really
1: yanked that one around. Here you go. Yeah, so I'm getting tired of this one. Here. Just under-rotated. Oh, oh. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> But well, luckily, it was in uh, it was in mulch, so I just like hit my head a little bit, but that was all right. So moving forward, like we were pumped. It was like December seventeenth, so I had to go back to Georgia get the rest of my <laughs> stuff to, done, done. to Vermont, where I'm from, <laughs> to my dad's house for Christmas. So after like I don't know how long we stayed there, maybe it, we left that night or the next day. Georgia back home for Christmas. And then I was, after Christmas, like right after, like a day or two after, I jumped on a plane with my best friend Adam Kuzino, and we flew to Taiwan to build, I think it was our very first wooden landing. Um, we built, I think four or five wooden landings around the world um, for one-off events, but this, I, this was our first. So, they sent us to Taiwan for two weeks. Uh, you can pull up some of the, the JPEG pictures I, I sent you. So, we had to build this landing out of wood and, like, all the logistics of it, of getting wood in Taiwan. You would think it would be really easy, but it's not. You ask for a 2x4, and you can't get a 2x4, like a typical 2x4 that you find in North America. Like the two by four, there's koozie. Those nuts right there, they're called beetle nuts, and it's like Taiwanese chewing tobacco. That stuff is crazy, man. It like makes your whole body going like start sweating and makes your whole body temperature rise. That stuff is it's
0: insane. They're nuts, though.
1: Yeah, they call it beetle beetle nuts or something. I'd have to Google it if I wanted to find out the right thing again. But anyway, they gave it, the wood over there was like legit two by four. And like they just cut it out of the forest or something. It was still really wet. It wasn't dried at all. So we built this landing. Um, and you can almost, like, in, you look at the, the wood. Like we trued up one end so all the, the wood was straight. But you can see how uneven they were cut. Like they were like four inch difference from board to board sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was wild. Um, so we built that on a, uh, right after Christmas, we flew there. We had two weeks. We got the tools and the, the wood and we built it. And then we flew home. It must've been a Friday. We flew home a Friday night, landed in a snowstorm. So now we're talking like beginning of January. Um, yeah, there's some more pictures of the, the landing that we built. It was on an amusement park called, oh boy. Fancy World, or I don't know what it was called. Um, Justin Hicks would remember the name of it, but anyway, we, we flew home and the beginning of January, um, in a snowstorm, we landed. We had all of our our riding gear with us, and because we didn't know if we'd be riding because we had the bikes, we had other people's bikes over there, so we didn't know if we'd test out the ramps anyway. We brought our riding gear with us when we flew back. Typical, they lost our, our gear bags. Kuzi and Adam Kuznows and I both, they lost our gear bags. And they're like, oh, don't worry, we'll ship it to you. And, like, Kuzi, like, we had a show the next day in Manchester, New Hampshire, where I had to bring my landing ramp. We had a ride. Uh, this is Friday. I have to ride and perform Saturday. Um, we got home at, like, 9 o'clock at night in a snowstorm, no gear bags. We're like, okay, so we, have like, scrounge up enough gear from my house and my, my dad's house in the garage And then we go to sleep, we wake up the next day, and there are two gear bags on the front porch, just covered in snow. I don't know when they delivered them, but they delivered them right to my house an hour and a half away from the airport. I don't even, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, I've never
0: heard of that one either. That was definitely.
1: I don't thank the Moto gods for that one.
0: (laughs) Was this in Vermont?
1: Yeah, they went, they delivered it from Albany, New York. To East Dorset, Vermont, which is an easy hour and with good conditions, but it was a snowstorm. Awesome one way, yeah, it was was awesome. So we woke up like five—I don't know—early morning Saturday. Found the gear bags, super pumped. Hooked the landing up. Drove to Manchester, New Hampshire, for for an IFMA. I think I don't even think it was called the Gravity Slasher's at that point. It was just a the ramp to ramp tour is yep. what it was, and. We got there. We set up. We, you know, the typical indoor show. You do practice, and uh so to bring the backflip back into this, I had the last time I rode a dirt bike was in Florida, like three, three, four weeks prior, and the last thing I did on a dirt bike was backflip a 250 F, a 280, whatever, a four stroke,
0: uh-huh. and
1: with like very little flipping experience, like a few days um before that. So like I didn't really know what you I was You ended going up anyway. at somebody's pit prior to that, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, before the ramp to dirt, I yeah. was at a couple pits. So like my experience was very minimal of actually going upside down. It was still at that point, it was just pull and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Is really is really how it was. So then like we do practice and at that point in time at the Ramp to ramp tours, we had this thing called moto i believe it was called and the format was all eight riders would ride around and someone would do like the first guy would do a trick and the next people in line would have to match that trick if they didn't match the trick they were out and then it came down to the final two and whoever whatever you get the story right didn't do the trick you lost and so rich kearns was the paid flipper at that show and everybody knew he was going to flip. Everybody knew he had a huge bag of tricks, so he was going to make it to the end. And I was like, okay, the last thing I did was flip. I want this. I want to be a flipper. Like, I was super motivated. Like, there was no talking me out of it. And so I was on my freestyle bike, so RM250, not the four-stroke. Um, now, I, being an experienced flipper, I know that doesn't matter. But at the time, it was a mind, mind fuck.
0: I mean, I think if you gas it like it sounds like you were on that 250f on a regular 250 yeah it could definitely be different
1: yeah I was wide (laughs) open on that 250f to make full gap yeah yeah and so it came down like ideal situation what I dreamed about like literally I envisioned this show coming up since I flipped in Florida I was just living it in my mind of how this first show of the season was going to go in Manchester, New Hampshire. It was going to go moto pig. I was going to be, it was just going to be last two people. Uh, I assumed it was going to be rich and I, I knew rich was going to flip. And then I just had everything in my head, like turning the corner, like the crowd, like everything. So it came down to that. It was playing picture perfect from what was in my head to what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I got the crowd pumped up. Like I remember I went and I turned at the ramp and then I just looped out in the middle of the floor and got the crowd pumped up and uh, I just just hit the switch, um, shut my mind off and I think you have a video of what happened next.
0: Yes, I'm actually trying to queue it up right now. <laughs>
1: Um, Oh, I need. Can I back up a little bit? Maybe you can cut this in. So. So when we show up at the show and after practice, we we have a time to chill out and everything before the show starts, Mm -hmm. and then the first thing we do is opening ceremonies. We go out the the lights. What's it called? Like ballet. So the lights are swinging. um, Ballet who? Valley Who, yeah, so you just have the spotlight swinging, <laughs> but everything else is, is really dark. And then you go into the middle of the floor for the national anthem. And and every show, I've always did this my entire career. This is an important part to the story, you'll see later. But at every show during this national anthem, I just thank the universe. Like I, I really did. I thank the universe for the opportunity to just ride dirt bikes and to have fun and to do what i did i i thank all the people that have died in my family like i thanked everybody for i could think of for what i had i was just really grateful and just really tried to be in the moment during the national anthem one of the last things i say to myself is please let me and my friends ride safe have fun and let our riding change someone's life for the better in the audience. I hope that somehow they can see how much fun we're having and that transfers over to them and they can get something positive away from that night. And I sounds cheesy, but I really said that at every show to myself during the National Anthem. So I just wanted to say that because it's an <laughs> important part of the story.
0: That's good. You're a very introspective young man.
1: Not that young anymore. Well, you were at the time. I was. <laughs> For mid-twenties, it's probably pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, so I just turned the corner. Woo. Oh, my God. You're going to have to back that up a couple times. Why don't we have any sound from this? That's
0: annoying. All right, we will in the other version. All right, let's watch it again.
1: I don't actually, I don't know if I have that. So, it came down to just me and Rich. Okay, I turned the corner. Yeah, coming out of Sorry. It's okay. And, like, right here, I just pulled way too early.
0: Um, yeah, you're not even close. You're basically no. at the belly of the ramp, and you're already.
1: I'm already putting my butt back. Like So I pulled way too early. My arms ripped off the handlebars. Oh,
0: that- and
1: right here, pause it. Right there. Right there. I still have this burning in my head. I turn my head to the side. All I saw was flat concrete. I didn't see the landing at all. And I closed, like I blacked out. And all I remember thinking was, if there's two things popped in my head. I'm either gonna die or I'm gonna be paralyzed right now. And then like I just I blacked out. And the next thing I know, it felt the like, dude, seriously, it felt like I landed on pillows. And I just like next time like i didn't lose consciousness but next time like i gained awareness i guess i should say i just felt my body like sliding across the concrete floor and like as i was sliding like when i hit it looked so violent but i was like it felt like i landed on pillows and as i was sliding i'm like doing like a full body check going oh my god i think i'm fine like nothing hurt dude boom like seriously it felt like i landed on a pillow it wasn't that bad for. Yeah, when I turned my head, I saw my fender sliding up to me, and I just like instinct picked the fender up, stood up, got the crowd stoked. There's Rich Kearns right there. He's like, Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And so, right there, when I walked away from Rich, I went straight to the audience. I, I picked the kid out in the audience, I went straight up to the front row. And there was like a safety hole of plastic, and I pointed at him with the fender, and I threw the, tried to throw the fender at him like three times, and then finally the like the third or fourth time, he caught the fender, and like the crowd was just going insane. They can't believe they probably couldn't believe that this guy was just walking away from from that crash. Like
0: that's what they went to see, Sean. You gave it the exact thing they wanted to see. Yeah. That's they went to
1: go see Carnage, and, and they you got didn't carnage. die.
0: They were like, they got to see somebody <laughs> totally bail off upside down, and then they got the excitement of that, and then he was okay.
1: Yeah, it's nuts, man. So um, what happened
0: with the kid with the fender?
1: Yeah, so like afterwards, I mean, everybody was going crazy. Obviously, my night was was over at that point. Um, I just needed to gain. <laughs> Uh, I needed a few minutes to figure out what the heck just happened, and uh, my adrenaline was shot. Uh, after the show, we went in the autograph section, session, and like everybody, oh, you're crazy! That was amazing! You're okay! You're okay! Um, and then that kid and his father came through the line with the fender, and uh, we we talked. Obviously, I was talking to everybody in the autograph line. That's just who I was. But like, we had a little short conversation. And at the end, his dad goes, I think you changed my son's life tonight. And I was like, well, right there, like, I, I could have retired. Like, everything I wanted in riding was just to, like, like I told you earlier, like, the during the National Anthem, I asked that my riding was changed someone's life for the better. And that father just said, like, I think you changed my son's life tonight. Like, that was awesome. That was, it's crazy that I had to go crash that hard to do that, but it was so fulfilling to hear that. So that's a pretty cool end to the, to the crazy story.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're going to track him down and do a, where is he now.
1: Yeah, Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> man. we'll, just, we'll just put this video out everywhere, all over the local news. <laughs> Who's the kid that got the fender? <laughs> and
0: they'll be like, he's a bank robber now.
1: You oh, man. him. Man, I'd like to hope he is better than that. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe like a... Casino robber,
0: or something. He could count cards and he, <laughs> he rigs games. Um, awesome story. Uh, thank you for sharing it with us, Sean. And um, yeah, I'll just uh, send you all the links and everything once I get well, it fine. done. And if I need anything else, I'll let you know. But um, like I said, I'll edit it all together and then. Uh, I'll send you the finished stuff, what I got, and um, we'll go from there see what happens, hopefully.
1: Yeah, cool. I look forward to seeing it, and uh, let me know if I can share it or help out any other way I can. I'm excited to see this project uh, build up for you. I think it's a great idea. It has a lot of potential. Uh, thanks for letting me be a part of it.
0: Awesome. No problem, dude. Um, thank you, and I'll let's keep in touch anyway.
1: Absolutely, buddy.
0: All right. Take Hey everybody, thank you for watching this episode of Crazy Action Sports Stories. If you enjoyed it, please like the video, uh, share it with your friends, and of course subscribe to the channel. You can also visit us at ClintEsposito.com or twowheelsthefreedom.com. And if you are an action sports athlete and have a really cool, fun, or crazy story that you want to tell, please hit me up at Clint at Clint Later.